Today in business from Wired. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired. Brought to you by Quantic School of Business and Technology. To clean up comments, let AI tell users their words are trash. It won't solve everything, but a new study suggests real-time automated feedback could help make the internet a less toxic place by Ariel Pardes. Comment sections have long acted like the wiry garbage cans of news websites, collecting the worst and slimiest of human thought. Thoughtful reactions get mixed in with off-topic awful, personal attacks, and the enticing suggestions to learn how to make over $7,000 a month by working from home online. So goes the old adage. Never read the comments. Things got so bad in the past decade that many websites put the kibosh on comments altogether, trading the hope of lively interactive debate for the promise of peace and quiet. But while some people ran away screaming, others leapt in with a mission to make the comment section better. Today, dozens of newsrooms use commenting platforms like Coral and OpenWeb that aim to keep problematic discourse at bay with a combination of human chaperones, and algorithmic tools. When Wired added comments back to the website earlier this year, we turned to Coral. These tools work to flag and categorize potentially harmful comments before a human can review them, helping to manage the workload and reduce the visibility of toxic content. Another approach that's gained steam is to give commenters automated feedback, encouraging them to rethink a toxic comment before they hit publish. A new study looks at how effective these self-editing prompts can be. The study, conducted by OpenWeb and Google's AI conversation platform, Perspective API, involved over 400,000 comments on news websites like AOL, RT, and Newsweek, which tested a real-time feedback feature in their comment sections. Rather than automatically rejecting a comment that violated community standards, the algorithm would first prompt commenters with a warning message. Let's keep the conversation civil. Please remove any inappropriate language from your comment. Or... Some members of the community may find your comment inappropriate. Try again. Another group of commenters served as a control and saw no such intervention message. The study found that for about a third of commenters, seeing the intervention did cause them to revise their comments. Jigsaw, the group at Google that makes Perspective API, says that jibes with previous research, including a study it did with Coral, which found that 36% of people edited toxic language in a comment when prompted. Another experiment from the Southeast Missourian, which also uses perspective software, found that giving real-time feedback to commenters reduced the number of comments considered 
very toxic, by 96%. The ways people revised their comments weren't always positive, though. In the open web study, about half of people who chose to edit their comment did so to remove or replace the toxic language or to reshape the comment entirely. Those people seem both to understand why the original comment got flagged and acknowledge that they could rewrite it in a nicer way. But about a quarter of those who revised their comment did so to navigate around the toxicity filter by changing the spelling or spacing of an offensive word to try to skirt algorithmic detection. The rest changed the wrong part of the comment, seeming to not understand what was wrong with the original version, or revised their comment to respond directly to the feature itself, e.g., take your censorship and stuff it. As algorithmic moderation has become more common, language adaptations have followed in their footsteps. People learn that specific words, say, cuck, trip up the filter, and they start to write them differently, c-space, u-space, c-space, k-space, or invent new words altogether. After the death of Ahmaud Arbery in February, for example, Vice reported that some white supremacist groups online began to use the word jogger in place of better-known racial slurs. Those patterns largely escape algorithmic filters, and they can make it harder to police intentionally offensive language online. Ido Goldberg, OpenWeb's SVP of product, says this kind of adaptive behavior was one of the main concerns in designing the real-time feedback feature. There's this window for abuse that's open to try to trick the system, he says. Obviously, we did see some of that, but not as much as we thought. Rather than use the warning message as a way to game the moderation system, most users who saw interventions didn't change their comments at all. 36% of users who saw the intervention posted their comment anyway, without making any edits. The intervention message acted as a warning, not a barrier to posting. Another 18% posted their comment unedited after refreshing the page, suggesting that they took the warning as a block. Another 12% simply gave up, abandoning the effort and not posting at all. While gentle nudges work for some, they do little to influence those who show up in the comments to intentionally write something racist, sexist, violent, or extreme. Flagging those comments won't make a troll stop, scratch their head, and reconsider if they could say it a little more nicely. But Nadav Chaval, OpenWeb's co-founder and CEO, believes that the number of genuine trolls, that is, people who write nasty things on the internet like it's their calling, has been greatly exaggerated. He believes that most offensive comments come from people who are usually well-intentioned but occasionally have a flare-up of emotion that, when amplified, incentivizes more inflammatory behavior. There's some evidence to support that, too. In a blog post published on Monday, Jake Saul referenced an earlier study it did with Wikipedia where it found that the majority of offensive content came from people who did not have a history of trolling. The subjects of open web study aren't representative of the wider internet, and 400,000 comments is a fraction of what gets posted daily to platforms like Facebook or Reddit. But this kind of preemptive approach has caught on among those bigger platforms too. Instagram, for example, built a machine learning model to detect messages on its platform that look like bullying. Before someone posts a mean comment, the platform can prompt them to write it more nicely. It can also proactively hide these types of toxic comments from users who have turned on its offensive comment filter. Preemptive approaches also relieve some of the pressure from moderators and other community members to clean up some of the mess of comments. Many websites rely on community policing to flag problematic comments, in addition to algorithmic and human moderation, an approach that puts more emphasis on convincing people to self-edit themselves before they post takes a step toward changing behavior norms on a particular website long-term. While the real-time feedback feature is still an experiment, 
OpenWeb has started rolling it out to more news organizations to see if the approach can work across different platforms with different needs. Shabal believes that by giving people the chance to police themselves, their behavior will start to change so that less strenuous moderation is needed in the future. It's a rosy view of the internet, but his approach could leave room for people to make their voices heard without reaching for the most extreme, hurtful, and toxic language first. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Quantic is transforming higher education to suit modern students and future leaders. Stuck at a desk, listening to pre-recorded lectures, following along with endless slides. It's outdated. Quantic brings the traditional MBA to life with a focus on innovation and technology with a mobile-first, network-driven approach, allowing you to learn on your schedule and alongside leaders from the world's top companies. Delivered on our award-winning interactive software in a micro-lesson format, you'll receive personalized feedback every eight seconds, not at semester's end. Transformative leaders need transformative education to make real change. Visit quantic.edu wired to learn more about the modern MBA. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.